They'll have it on the screen, but they're going to be pulling that up for you here in a minute. Before we get there, um, before we get there this morning, I just want to pray. Would you just be in prayer this morning? I know you are. But I, I really feel like We just need to pray right now, okay? Can we do that? The enemy hit me a little bit earlier, right before service, with a migraine headache. But I thank God that he's healed me already with that. Praise God for that. JC reminded me when I went up into the sound booth a little bit ago, and I said, pray for me. I got a, I got a, head, a headache. I may have Dina come up and read my scriptures. And she said, well, we're just going to pray you're healed. I said, well, that's the right way to think, J.C., so thank you, thank you for setting me straight. And that's right. I mean, I, I was having a migraine with a kaleidoscope, and I couldn't hardly see, and I thank God because he has touched my, my, my head and no longer hurts, and I don't have that. So we're going to pray because, you know, uh, I do believe, like, some of those things can be an attack from the enemy. You don't have to agree with that. I do agree that, the, that sometimes those things can be that to thwart whatever wants to happen in the service, right? Uh, so let's pray. Father, I thank you once again. God, we have hearts of gratitude this morning. Ah, oh, you're so good. Mm. You are so faithful, Lord. And we give you honor. We give you praise in this place and we're thankful that we can come and we can gather. And God, right now, as your word is getting ready to go forth, Lord, I pray that hearts and minds are ready to receive your word today that is alive and it's active and it's, and it's moving and it's, it's touching hearts and minds and you're preparing your word to go forth right now. And so, God, we just give you the glory and the praise for it. We thank you for your word this morning. God, may your word just ring so loud in our ears and our hearts and our spirit today. Holy Spirit, just let it become active right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. This morning, I want to talk to you uh, uh, about a topic, and I want to open up with a topic that is very sensitive, all right, to introduce what I believe the Lord has, has given for us this morning. Um, we have been talking about having a culture of certain things here. Last week we, we took a break from that because uh, it was Mother's Day and, and, and the Lord brought us a different direction. And, and, and I thank God for all of our mothers that were here last week. But we're bouncing back with having a culture of, uh, you know, these different things within the church body and as a family. And one of those things that we want to cultivate and have a culture of here is compassion. And so... Uh, we're going to talk about that today, and you know, the last time we talked, when we were in this creating a culture, we were talking about faith and action, and the two really do go hand in hand. Um, but I, I do want to talk this morning, just as I intro this message, about a, a sensitive topic, and, and that's the, the border crisis that's going on in, in our country right now. And that's not to get anybody stirred up politically in here, okay? It's not. That's not what this purpose is. I, 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 honestly, I don't want to go that direction at all with this, but it is a, a, an important uh, situation that's taking place. 
It's reality that's taking place is that there is a, there is a crisis on the border, right? And, and so the Lord, in, in preparing this message and, and, and seeing some of the things that were taking place uh, within our country, and, and you see these things that are happening, a lot of times we see things physically, a uh, manifestation of things that are happening spiritually, really. You see a lot of that take place. And so as I was going in this direction, and, and, and the topic of compassion came up, and, and, and I want to take us into Luke chapter 17 here in just a minute, and, and we're going to go to a borderland in Luke chapter 17. And, and so as we're, as we're preparing to go into that, that's kind of the intro into this, is that there are borders in our society that I think sometimes... As believers, we're a little uneasy to go near. Okay? And we're compelled to be compassionate. We're compelled to be a compassionate people. That's what sets us apart, right? Is that, shouldn't it be one of the things that sets believers apart from the rest of the world? Right? It's compassion, and I'm talking about a compassion that the God of compassion gives to people, right? There is a difference. I'm talking about a compassion that, oh, we're going to get into it here in just a minute. We're going to see Jesus have compassion. Does anybody know where we're going at in the scripture today? I haven't told you the verse, but in Luke chapter 17, we're going to be talking about when Jesus is walking with the disciples between two borders of Galilee and Samaria. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, we're going to be in Luke chapter 17. We're going to go 11 through 19. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. I bet you said it a little bit differently, though. You think he had maybe a little bit more behind his praise God? <laughs> in, my, in, my, in my spirit this morning as we were singing gratitude, it was, and I don't know if you need to adjust the volume here or not, but I'm giving you a fair warning, okay? But in my heart and in my spirit today when we were singing gratitude, I just wanted to give out the loudest hallelujah that my lungs could even produce because of God and what he's done in my life. And I can only imagine this leper that came back said, Praise God! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! I, I believe they cut it short there because I believe he came running back. And he was saying, Hallelujah! 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 Thank you, God! Thank you, God! Thank you, God! I can only imagine what was stirring in him. He had so much in him. I can only imagine what it was, the response 
Because I was feeling it this morning and I was not healed of leprosy, but I was healed of a sin issue. And a sin issue that was condemning me straight to hell. And I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you had enough compassion on me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy, O Lord. Because that's the response. Because I know where I was at. I know where he's drawn me from. And so the response of this leper had to be one of of just sheer joy and excitement and gratitude. As I know what my response is this morning to him. Verse 14, he said, He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. And that's what we just left off. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. See, all of this makes sense. And if you've been in church very long, you, you know the story. You know the significance of this. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine at? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Hmm. That's one of those passages of Scripture and accounts that is just loaded with so much there. And we could talk, and I'm sure you've heard sermons preached from this passage of Scripture, and it's talked about faith, and it's talked about gratitude and thankfulness. Because that's what we see in this. But I also want to notice the location, right? The border between Galilee and Samaria. Both sides of that border lived a group of people that had many differences. How many of you are familiar with what we're talking about in here today between the Galileans and the Samarians? Some of you do. Some of you don't. Well, most of the disciples that were walking with Jesus were of which Galileans, right? And the Samaritans, the people of Samaria, were looked at as less from the Galileans. Okay? They, They were not looked upon as being equals if you will. Their their whole way of life was different. Their political way of life, their religious way of life, the way they talked, it was different. There were so many different things between the two groups. And Jesus thought it would be an interesting thing to do to take His disciples, which His disciples were what? They were learning They were being taught by Jesus. See, it's not just a coincidence that Jesus is taking him through a borderland. If it was such a a, a non-crucial point, why would Luke even put it in his book? But I do think it's important to know the fact of where they are walking at. And it's a borderland. 
I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me, okay? We're going somewhere. So you have these two totally different people groups, but you have Jesus walking between two worlds, so to speak. And Jesus was leading his most faithful disciples into a land of in-between. It's really what I want to talk about this morning. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about compassion in a land of in-between. Everybody good this morning, right? I'm going to take your, your quietness as listening and, and wanting to know where we're going with this, but you see, spiritually speaking, there's a lot of people that we encounter every day that's in a land of in-between. And you are the person that's in between them and God. Would you say that's correct? Would you say that you might be that point person for somebody as they are in a in-between place? Right? They are on the, the, the unrighteous side and you are on the righteous side. And so there's an area of in-between. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is the God of compassion that is the God of the in-between. Right? I think it's amazing that God allows us and calls us and wants us to be a part of what he's doing, right? He said, go into the highways and the byways. Take this message to the people, right? So he's compelling us. And we need a culture of compassion to be able to do this. You see, if you don't have compassion for people, will we want to be a people of the in-between? Think about that. If we don't have the compassion of, of Yahweh, which we're going to see in Exodus, was the first mention whenever Moses was uh, standing there and, and God came before him and announced himself. Do you know what he announced himself as? Yahweh. But then he says, I am the God of compassion. I am the compassionate God. That's how he announced himself. Everybody tracking with me so far today? He's the God of compassion. Hmm. And see, church, a key place that Jesus still travels in are borderlands. I was hoping to get another amen there. You see, he is the God of the borderlands. Anybody in here ever been in a borderland and spiritually? Yeah, I'm, I'm preaching to some people who must not know what it's like to be in a borderland. Let me tell you what, that cord is driving me nuts. I'm going to have to go back to that stick mic. God took me back right there just for a moment whenever I was in the borderland. He reminded me that I was in a borderland once. He reminded me that I spent time at the border. Yeah. The border of whether I wanted to know God or I didn't want to know God. The border of do I want to be right with Him? Do I want to accept the blood applied that we sung about this morning? Or do I want to go on living my life outside of Christ? 
I was at a border place. I was in a borderland. I was a place of in-between. And if we're going to have compassion for people of the in-between, then, then, then we need to let him stir that up in us that we, we know where we came from so that whenever we encounter the in-between, we know how to have that compassion towards them, right? All right. Hmm. They were worlds apart here. Let's go to verse 12. Can you throw that verse 12 back up there for me? And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood up at a distance. Lots been talked about with leprosy. Okay? A lot. A lot of teaching on leprosy. And, and you see, leprosy was seen as a, a moral disease. Right? It was seen more of a, a moral disease than a physical one because they believed that they had leprosy because they uh, rebelled against God. And everybody in their village assumed that about them as well, that they must have been some great sinner. And now they have leprosy because of their great sin. And because of their great sin, they could no longer be a part of society. Are we speaking anything in here this morning? I want you to see the heart of the Father. You see, they, they outcasted them into a place, a borderland. They said, that's where you need to spend your time because you are a great sinner. Because they looked at it as a moral disease, not just a physical disease. You see, you've got to know the mindset of the people and why they were being treated this way. You see, there's people in our society right now that have been labeled a leper. And they do not have a physical issue. They have a spiritual issue. But churches, sadly, and people in general have labeled them and said, you're an outcast and you don't belong here. I'm going to preach the truth of Jesus. Because this is Jesus preaching right here. This is Jesus speaking right here. It may be uncomfortable. Do you think it was comfortable for the disciples to go walking up whenever they had ten lepers coming up to them? Do you think that was comfortable when Jesus was at the well with a Samaritan woman who had been with so many men and Jesus confronted her? Do you think it was com comfortable for them to be around a tax collector who was known as a traitor? And then Jesus said, hey, tax collector, traitor, I want you to come and be a part of my group. We're talking Jesus here. We made Jesus into something different. But Jesus is a Jesus that says, come, come to me. Whosoever come to me. That's what he's saying. He said, come to me. I don't care that you have all this baggage to come along with you. He says, I want you to come. We'll, get, we'll deal with that. Trust me. We'll deal with all that stuff that, that, that is going on in your life. We're going we're gonna to clean you up and we're going we're gonna to do this process together. But he's showing them to have compassion on people. They're an outcast here. Oh. 
Don't you love the heart of Jesus? Don't you love to see Jesus in operation when he's working and he's moving? Jesus could teach us so much if he was here right now. It would probably mess your theology up a little bit. It would probably mess you up a little bit to probably see who Jesus would go out and encounter. Huh? Hmm. I don't know what's got in me today. You see, in the eyes of those disciples, they were watching ten of the biggest sinners come in their way. In their mind. Because it wasn't just a physical, they looked at it as a moral, moral issue. You must have done something very great and bad against God. Because now you're labeled a leper. But I love that it didn't mess Jesus up. <laughs> it didn't mess him up at all. They were coming to Jesus with broken minds, with broken hearts, and broken bodies. That's the way they were coming. Let's go back to verse 13. I'm not going to hold you much longer. I'm going to let the Word of God just resonate in you today. And I hope the Word just moves in you in such a way about being compassionate and showing the compassion of the Father. Verse 13, it says, Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Jesus. You know that word, mercy? Is it all right if I give you a Hebrew word today? Some people say, I am interested in all that Hebrew word stuff. Some people are like, yeah, give me all the Hebrew you can give. I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means. But I, when I find a Hebrew word that I think is interesting to know the meaning of it, I do want to bring it to your attention. Maybe you already know this. But that word there for mercy, it, it's two meanings there. Okay? But I want to give you the Hebrew word for mercy. And I'll probably not do it right. I'm not Hebrew. You got to get, you know, that in there. I've been, for, I've been, you know, practicing it for a little while. And I still can't get it right. But it's two meaning there. And the other meaning, one is mercy. And the other is a womb, a mother's womb. And I thought, that's so interesting. When you talk about a compassionate father that he uses a picture of a womb. You see, that's what compassion will do. A compassion will go to the borderland and make somebody who is labeled an outcast or a, whatever you want to fill in the blank, and he'll make them feel safe and bring them into a womb, so to speak. I thought that was powerful. I thought that was powerful words right there because that's exactly the way God is. 
He will nurture you. And whenever I've been on the, I've been on both ends of the compassion, but I've been on the receiving end of compassion. Anybody in here ever been on the receiving end of compassion? And have you felt that in your life? Have you felt as if you were in a safe area? That you were being protected? I'm telling you, that's powerful. When you see that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, Yahweh, and whenever he introduces himself in, his, in, in Exodus 34, 6, I believe it is, when he says, Yahweh the Lord, I am, but he says, the compassionate God, faithful and loving. Ah, that's, that's powerful. Jesus, whenever he encounters ten of the worst sinners, He's right there, and he's not like, ah, you're too bad for me. I don't want you anywhere near me. No. He says, come in here. Come in here. I want to show compassion to you because I see past what everyone has labeled you. I see your worth. I see your value. I see your purpose. I see what you can be. I know what everybody else has said about you. I know what some of these men that are with me probably even said as you were coming up here. But guess what? That's not how I see you. And if you want to be healed, guess what? I'm going to heal you right now. I'm going to heal you of your moral problem. I'm going to cleanse you up. They walked away. They walked away and they were, they were cleansed as they walked away. And guess what? One of them came back to give some praise, didn't he? Not everybody that's going to encounter Jesus is going to come back and give him a thank you or gratitude. There's some people in the house today that need to turn around and come back and give some gratitude. They need to give some thanks. That's just, that's just the way it is. We get set in, in ways and, and we just become unthankful. I'm thankful that I'm sitting in a room where I have air conditioning. I'm thankful that we have chairs that are padded. I praise God for that. I listened to a woman on, the, on a pod, podcast this week. If you don't know what a podcast is, ask Jay Slater. He'll tell you. Okay? He'll tell you what a podcast is. Him and, him and Kurt will tell you what a podcast is. All right? I listened to a lady, Jay, this week on a podcast, and I, and I had to share it with my wife. I shared it with my wife over dinner. Ugh. She couldn't even finish her meal. This lady grew up, was raised in North Korea. And man, if you don't know anything about North Korea, and you want to know what persecution is for the Christian, wow. This young lady, she was talking. I won't share everything with it, but it's, it's some messed up stuff over there. Just to give you a little bit about what they go through, I would love for her to come here one day and speak to us. Oh, she's in the United States now. When she was a little girl, she said, you know, when you're in North Korea, you don't even know that you're Asian. 
You only are told what they want you to know. You don't even know that there's any kind of diversity out there in the world. You're taught that the, whoever's a leader and the leaders before them, you have to have a picture of that leader in your house, along with all the other leaders. And if there's a fire in that house, guess what you have to do? You don't worry about saving a child or a parent. You save the pictures. And if you save the pictures, you're seen as a hero. That's just very small compared to what she had to say. I'm going to be gentle with how I say this because we do have young people in, in, the, in here. You can only imagine what a young North Korean girl would go through. You understand what I'm saying? And her mother would interfere so that it wouldn't happen to her. And she dealt with this. She said, what we ate for food, and she was middle, upper class. There's 51, 52 classes in North Korea. And you don't choose that. They choose it for you. And she said, we would eat plants before they were poisonous, and then we lived on grasshoppers. But that is not even near close to what this young woman suffered. And how many of these young women, what they go through. I'm getting to a point where she said something that was just profound. When I heard that, I told this to my wife, but I can't go into all the details. I, I wish I could, I could tell you more about it. She was sold for $60. to a group of men in China, along with her mom. And she lived, as you probably know, with a 58-year-old man until she was rescued out of there. But there was a point, and there was so much she was talking about that just unbelievable. But there was a point when she said, Oh, I have to tell you this. The man that was interviewing her asked and said, what about Christianity in North Korea? It's punishable by death, along with so many other things. And they take the smallest of children, and they put them in front to watch this, so that they are raised in fear. So... She said that what they do is, because if you're caught with a Bible, you're put to death. But what they do is, by chance, if you get a Bible, it is memorized as much as possible. And she says, it would shock you to know how many people have memorized books of the Bible. And they pass it down and they teach one another. And they have to do it in such a private way because she said, even the leaves and the grass have ears in North Korea. Horrible. But she said, through all of that, uh, she says, get this, God is good. Through all that, through all of what she was going through, she said, I was still able to say, God is good. 
You don't think that hit me like a ton of bricks? He's a God of compassion this morning, isn't he? And he moves with compassion. And when he moves you with compassion for someone, it's for a reason, isn't it? Whenever he moves in compassion and with compassion is for a reason. So you think about that. I know I got sidetracked into that, but I had to share that with you. You think about how mercy is a womb, going back to that. When we show compassion to those walking in those in-between places, we can become a safe place for them. Ag hop, abundant grace house of prayer. Are we going to be that for the in-between? I ask you that question. I ask you that as an individual. Will you be that for somebody that maybe is in the the borderland right now. You see, the borderland could be on your job. Right? I know it could be in a job. I used to work in the carpenters' union. Nothing against the carpenters' union, right? If you're watching today and you're in the carpenters' union, I feel for you. <laughs> I love you. I can remember being on jobs with 700 men and women. Right? I could be on jobs, and I felt like I was, I was in a borderland, for sure. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about? Whenever you're around a group of people, and you really kind of feel like, as, as a believer, you feel like you're kind of on the outs, because it's a, it's a different group of people, right? Like, like, imagine you're hanging out with, you know, a group of bikers or something, okay? Right, and they're outlaws, you know? We've been around some of those riding motorcycles, for our ministry, but, you know, you imagine, and you feel a little uncomfortable, and they feel a little uncomfortable around you, right? And it's kind of a, <laughs> you both feel a little uncomfortable. But, you know, those are, those are in-between areas. Those are borderlands. And us, as Christians, we are hope carriers. We can be something for them, and we can be a safe zone for them. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to be. I want to reach people. That's what God wants us to do. He could have told us a lot of things before he left, and he ascended into heaven. He says, I want you to go out, and I want you to share my good news. I want you to disciple people. I want you to baptize. You know, these are wonderful things that he wants us to do, but it's all just about sharing his good news, his message. So in closing, do we, Ag Hop, want to be a safe zone? Located between the world and righteousness. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we're thankful for your word this morning. God, I'm so thankful that you had compassion towards me. You still do. God, that you are a God of compassion. And you've called each and every one of us to be people of compassion. And Lord, as we talk and we discuss and we share today, Father, we pray that this house is a safe zone for those in the in-between. God, they're coming to know you. God, we're praying, Lord God, 
we're not only praying, but we're putting it into action, Lord. God, we're going into those areas, Lord Father, those in-between areas and on the job or in the schools or in our neighborhoods or, or in the stores, the grocery stores. Or, God, there's people that are hurting, that are broken, that need you. And Father, I pray that we can, we can see them as you see them, Lord. Have the eyes to see everyone around us as you see them, Lord. We just thank you, Lord Father, for your word this morning. Pray that it encourages, it compels us, Lord God, it convicts us. We just thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Before we dismiss this morning, can we have our ushers come forward? We're going to receive our tithe and offering today. We give you an opportunity to give to the Lord. Don't forget, as they're coming up here, I want to make an announcement again. Uh, quickly, we had.